Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe. Today, I am joined by MetPro founder, Angelo Poli, and we will be discussing prehab and posture. Angelo, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me back, Crystal. Always love being here. Well, I always love hearing your insights. Uh, We always have some fascinating discussions, and I'm excited about this one. So walk me through. After being cooped up through the pandemic, we have all these people that are getting back to exercise, and they're finding new aches, new pains. We hear about prehab, posture. Is there something to all of this? I would say there is, Crystal. (laughs) My neck hurts, let me tell (laughs) you. And if you're anything like me, not everyone has spent the last two years of the pandemic, you know, sitting hunched over a computer. But let's be honest, most of us have. Yeah, this is the reality. It's where our lifestyle was going. But there's definitely something to it. So the the issue is not new, but the need for practical application, the urgency, I would say the time is ripe for it because we all need some help in that department. Okay. So if you're trying to restart a fitness program, you've been a little out of the focus lately. How can you restart one and do it in a safe manner? So again, in this topic, there's nothing new. We're talking about methodologies that have really been sought after and applied for years. You'll recognize some of these names and some of these names you may not. Joseph Pilates. Oh, well, yeah. Right. (laughs) Ida Rolf, that may be a little more obscure to some of the community. She had tremendous contributions to musculoskeletal rehabilitation. Oh. Mosh Feldenkrais. No, don't know that Paul one. Check. Pete Egoscu. These are all names of people who are giants in the field of helping individuals restore musculoskeletal health and wellness. Huh. Now, they've all taken a little bit different angles on it, but here's the reality. We know what the end result is for the human body. We know the end game. And because we know what the outcome is going to be, there are things that we can do now to try and offset that. Okay. Here's what I'm talking about. Because I can see you scratching your head going, what are you talking about? End game. (laughs) Have you ever seen a little old man walking down the street, hunched backwards. Absolutely. (laughs) Hunched backwards. Oh, backwards. No, that's not a thing. I thought you just meant hunched over. I heard hunched over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, they might be hunched backwards. That's a different issue entirely. (laughs) But what happens is as our body responds similarly to injury, atrophy, aging, overuse and underuse. And that is our postural muscles shorten and tighten, causing a forward flexion of the head and shoulders, a rounding of the spine, a shrinking of the musculoskeletal system eventually, and basically a forward deviated posture. As I'm describing that, I'm sure everybody can picture in their head, you know, what that looks like. Those are the postural deviations that no matter who you are, we have to fight against. We have to maintain because that's the natural development as we age. That's part of the natural aging process. And so there's a way that we can try and mitigate that. Now, adjacent to that, there are other issues that are more unique and specific 
to the person. So without getting into too much of an anatomy lesson, basically there are different types of postural deviations. I'm going to break them into just two categories, though. If you're a professional in the field, you'll know this is an oversimplification, but two basic categories, and that's frontal plane, sagittal plane, or even more simply, front-back alignment issues or left-right alignment issues. Okay. So now most of my research in this field was over a decade ago, but a lot of the same research still holds true. And I'll share a little bit of what some of those findings were. But basically, in a nutshell, you can tie someone's likeliness of an injury to their bilateral function. So what that means is we are bilateral creatures. We walk left, right, left, right. We can tolerate a measure of forward translation of the head and shoulders, frontal plane deviations, et cetera, with some cost. But our bodies really do not tolerate left-right deviations. In other words, if the right side of your body does not match the left side of the body, pain is coming. It's just a matter of when. So when we talk about where to start... I always recommend somebody identify, is this some minor muscle imbalance? Is this some minor postural deviation where you notice, you know, you'd like to get your shoulders back, your head back, or your feet more forward facing? Or is this a major issue where you're noticing a large difference between the right and left sides of your body? If you're noticing a large difference between the right and left sides of your body, definitely go and work with a a professional that can help you with this. If you are simply re-entering the exercise workforce (laughs) after a few years of us all hanging out at home a little more than we used to and recognize because all of the talk around the importance of postural alignment, the importance of muscular balance that you want to re-enter an exercise program safely, then I can give you a few pointers for that. Okay. Just so people can kind of self-diagnose when you say like something off that's a large difference between left and right. Are you saying something as simple as like, maybe I limp, maybe I have a limp on my leg. Are you saying something more in depth than that? Oh, that could absolutely be. Now, don't self-diagnose <laughs> a medical professional. <laughs> what I mean to say is it's something simple or complex. That's what I I'm trying to it. say. <laughs> is it, no, but th- that's exactly right, Crystal. You hit the nail on the head. Is it simple or complex? And you'll know if you're limping on one side of the body, it's complex. Go okay. to your doctor. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> yep. No, that, that's exactly right. You know, we're all aware of the small when we look in the mirror, you know, visual. Right. Right. Um, alignment, things like that. But if you're having pain, if you're limping, yeah, go to the doctor. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So if you're wanting to get started with an exercise program, you're simply trying to figure out where should I begin? Right. First, I'll start with the factors that contribute to musculoskeletal misalignments, imbalances. Okay. Some of it's obvious. Some of it's a little less obvious. Let's start with the obvious, your cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Your your computer, uh, your car, your couch, and your TV. Those are the obvious. So about a decade ago, the research out of the UK was the average 18 to 24-year-old would spend just under nine hours a day in front of a computer or the mobile device. Oh, wow. Uh, I want to remind that was a decade ago. So now it's like 20 hours a day is what you're saying? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. If you have a doctor's appointment scheduled... There is a 20% chance it is for something related to musculoskeletal imbalance. 
Wow. So low back pain, neck pain, two of the most common reasons people will go to the doctor. Those are all related, can be related. The instances of issues because of the musculoskeletal breakdown undeniably have gotten worse. And if we track back over the decades, I actually did a presentation on this where I showed photos. I started with photos of statues and pictures of people from, you know, mid-centuries centuries ago, and then moved into photos of school-age kids in the 1920s, in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, all the way down the line. And what you basically saw was, with the exception of a few outliers, the children, teenage kids' alignment was pretty good. Upright head and shoulders, forward-facing, pretty good, with the exception of a few outliers, right up until you got to about 1990. Then it was a disaster. (laughs) Then it just, it started really plummeting. Look at old Google school photos and just look back from the early decades compared to today. And you will see the massive exchange and how much worse the slumping is today. It's absolutely tied to our lifestyle, the amount of sitting we do and our technology. There's the obvious. Now for some of the not so obvious Anatomically speaking, biologically, our body has muscle that's not all the same. We're wired differently. So we have postural muscles and what's called phasic muscles. Here's an oversimplification, but think of it as one has constant electricity going to it and the other only has electricity going to it when it's turned on. They're innervated differently. Hmm. So to illustrate your biceps, your pectorals, your anterior delts, et cetera, et cetera, are all postural muscles where at rest, even while you're asleep, they have muscle tone to them. In other words, there's impulse, there's electricity going to them. Okay. They always have some measure of tone. Your lower traps, rhomboids, a lot of your posterior chain do not. They're phasic. Either they're activated or they're not. So your phasic muscle groups respond to injury, atrophy, overuse, or underuse by lengthening and weakening. Your postural muscles respond to those same scenarios by shortening and tightening. And for proof, relax your arm down by your side. And what you will notice is there's a slight bend in your elbow because your bicep has tone to it even at rest. Your tricep does not, not in the same way. It's wired differently. So now we're starting to kind of see the biology of what goes into as we age, we hunch forward. All those anterior muscle groups are winning the battle. Your posterior muscle groups are, you know, running up the white flag. So knowing that we can approach our reintegration with exercise a little bit more intelligently. What happens a lot of the times is, well, I want to get back into exercise and I want to get healthy and get rid of some of these aches and pains. So we start with push-ups. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Don't come out of this podcast and say, well, Angelo said push-ups are bad because push-ups are one of my favorite exercises. And if you <laughs> hire me to coach you, there's going to be push-ups involved. But big picture, let's think about this. If we've been hunched over a computer for some years We're already, our head and shoulders are forward, our pecs are tight, our biceps are tight, our traps are rhomboids, our posterior chain is kind of checked out, and the first thing we start with is more strengthening of those muscle groups that are already short and tight. It just tightens it up even more. Going to make it even worse. Yeah. 
So I, I know what everyone's thinking. It's like, great. Well, that's not helpful. What do I start with? <laughs> <laughs> so what we do start with is include posterior chain. And so those of us may not know what that means. Basically, back muscles, muscles that pull you back instead of curl you forward. And don't work those exclusively, just don't forget about them. And I think right now in 2022, coming out of hopefully out of the pandemic and out of a season of sitting, right? Now is a really important time to look at the body holistically and not forget that. And of course, I'm hoping this conversation will just be the catalyst for people to go and do a little bit more of their own research. But there's so much information coming out about prehab and exercises for vitality and wellness. And like I mentioned, there are giants in the field that have just contributed so much that I've been a student of for years and years. But what I like to educate on is the big picture philosophies around the why. Why is that? And when you understand the story arc of your biology and how your body is over time trying to curl forward, you can see that there's some logic in starting with exercises and activities that will directly offset that. Now, a little bit less known fact, one of the largest contributors to asymmetries within our bodies. So that, that means a partial deviation, a misalignment, an imbalance. One of the largest contributors is something you cannot change. And that's the fact that your body prioritizes vision largely above many other functions. So the way we're designed is, is just incredible. Your vision is tied to your sense of balance proprioception. And so therefore your ability to survive walking down the street in, you know, with any level of altered terrain, you have to have good vision in order to traverse safely. Right. So what that means is that your body will always align your eyes level on the horizon. So if there is a misalignment, a postural imbalance, one muscle group too strong or too tight, one muscle group too weak, a right-left deviation, what's going to happen is your body is going to create a compensation pattern to adjust so your head and neck are tilted still in such a way that your eyes remain level on the horizon so you don't trip and fall. And that is a large contributing factor to our posture and alignment that most people, not all, but some people were not aware of, which is why, for example, sometimes individuals notice their head and shoulders rolls forward. By the way, I got interested in this because I have horrible posture. I've dealt with it because I was young and stupid. <laughs> Emphasis on the and stupid part. There might have been a seesaw incident. I think there was a motorcycle incident. Oh, and there no. Were a few other incidences. And so a little bit of pain and injury really heightens the awareness of these factors. So I grew up very interested in this. And so as I started learning about muscle balance, one of the first things I wanted to do was correct upper body alignment. No matter how hard I tried to pull my shoulders back, get my head upright, it wasn't working. I could get it back. I could get it upright. But as soon as I'd stand up and relax, I went right back to that forward flung position. Hmm. I didn't realize that because my hips were forward my center of gravity, 
because my feet were externally rotated. My hips were forward. Therefore, to prevent myself from falling backwards, your body acclimates and it throws your head and shoulders forward as a counterweight to maintain an upright stance with your eyes level on the horizon. Interesting. So that requires that when we are addressing muscle balance, we have to take a holistic approach. So if you said, I've been working at this for years, don't give up. Take a couple of these pieces, go back to the drawing board, ask your professional and see if you can put the pieces together to improve in a holistic way your posture and alignment. So for professionals out there, When we're taking advanced coaches through their training and they want a little bit more discerning approach to how to work with your clients to really create symmetry, and this can be for athletic performance or just injury and prevention and wellness, start with the area of greatest asymmetry. So that means wherever the largest postural deviation or misalignment is, look there first. That seems pretty obvious. That's your first priority. A close second then is uh, when there's multiple areas of deviation or you're uncertain where it's stemming from, start from the center of your body and then work to the extremities, not necessarily the other way around. Start from the center, the largest muscle groups, postural muscle groups, which I define as any large muscle groups that connect to the the large bones of the body, your hips, your femur, your spine, etc. That's your center and then work out from there. It takes a little longer to do it that way. But what you're doing is you're laying the foundation instead of correcting something at the end of the whip that's just going to go back out, start from the center and slowly work your way out. And those are the principles behind how we would approach. Now, again, I know how does this help the average listener? Day one, Uh, Don't forget about your posterior chain, specifically. Yeah. Upper back muscles, your glute muscles, your hamstring muscles. I feel like this is a really good time to talk about the MetPro app because there are so many, (laughs) there are so many really great workouts in there. Because if you just go to any random workout class, so many of them might be based on the frontal plane, like the front muscles. You know, you have your push-ups, you have your bench presses, etc. They don't, unless they're talking specifically about their posterior chain, they might not include them. So you can't just assume every class that you might take in any gym is going to include those muscles. Correct. And there's a few practical. It's, it doesn't mean that any of those programs are bad programs, no. but there's just a few practical matters. You know, there's a reason why, you know, boot camps in the park tend to include a lot of push-ups because they're easy access, right? And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Our fitness model is loosely based on what's been passed down for years. That was originally the, the military fitness model. What, what do you do? Boot camp. That's where that came from. You do jumping jacks and push-ups and squats and lunges. And these are all movements that have been implemented for conditioning the human body for decades and decades. But what's new is not that there's a problem with those movements. What's changed is our bodies. Generally speaking, I can have a bias when I go into an evaluation, even before I've met you. It is reasonable for me to assume that your anterior muscles are dominant. Your posterior muscles have been underworked and are weak. Yeah. Knowing that, 
So if you go into the MetPro app, you're going to see a emphasis, not an abandonment of all the standards, but an emphasis on that posterior chain because it's going to lay the foundation and contribute to wellness. I can't get through in good conscience this whole topic without bringing up the value of core work. Yes, definitely. Just keep in mind there are different definitions of what qualifies as core work. So there's abdominal training, which is just fine because then you have nice looking abdominals. Right, right. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that that's not core work. (laughs) But core work from this standpoint is going to be conditioning the large muscle groups that stabilize your pelvis, your spine and connect to your femurs. Those are the core muscles that are really going to contribute to stability. And so include core work. And if you want your abs to look good, do some ab work too. (laughs) That's all part of it. (laughs) So I like to emphasize core work. I like to emphasize posterior chain as just a little bit larger percentage of the overall contribution of exercise that somebody may start with. And then as you know, we love postural work, stretching, flexibility. You know, a really interesting fact is that our body has what's called a myototic reflex or stretch reflex. There are so many built-in mechanics designed to align us. So basically what that reflex dictates, if you were to do a bicep curl, Mm -hmm. your tricep deactivates. That's the agonistic antagonistic muscle relationship. When you do a tricep extension, your bicep deactivates or turns off in order to allow your arm to extend. So there's a corollary relationship between muscle groups. Don't forget about that. Try and always work both sides of the coin. So don't just work your biceps, work your triceps also. Well, guess what? That's even a stronger correlation then. If you're going to do pectoral muscles, you need to do the posterior chain muscles. If you're going to do hip flexors, you need to do glutes. If you're going to do quadriceps, you're going to do hamstrings. And so hamstrings are a biggie specifically because the number one way we train our squat. But if you're a beginner, you can't do a full squat or you're easing into it by doing a dip. Yeah. (laughs) A partial squat works mostly your quadriceps. A deep squat works glutes and hamstrings. Our knees don't often let us start with a deep squat if we're deconditioned. So you need to include other activities, a hip bridge, a leg curl at a light load where you can engage those hamstrings at the same level that you're engaging the quadriceps. I know we're getting a little too deep into anatomy for our topic here, but these are just some ideas for when you do go back and return to the gym and approach a training model suited for you. Okay. So the big takeaway from that is make sure you're balancing your workout and that most people are not going to automatically go to that posterior chain. So be cognizant, be purposeful in designing a workout that you include those. That's it. If you're having pain, go to a professional, a qualified professional, medical professional that is skilled in therapeutic modalities or a therapist. If you simply want to learn more, there's lots of professionals out there that can help you and we can help you. That's what we're here at MetPro for is to teach people and educate people. And, you know, we might talk a little bit about how nutrition plays a role into your wellness, too, if you have a conversation with us. But stay passionate about your pursuit of learning when it comes to wellness and self-improvement, fitness. There's always new information coming out and there's always better application of information that we have. 
And as that becomes more readily available, adopt newer methods and modalities. I have seen the wellness and fitness field evolve over the last three decades now, <laughs> I can say. Three, it's too many decades. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good stuff, Crystal. Okay, well, this is great. So is there anything else that people need to know when it comes to how all this plays into what we do at MetPro? We're going to do at MetPro is help somebody get well. And that usually includes a holistic approach of nutrition and fitness. And that fitness component needs to match your personal, your body's needs and dictates. And so that's going to be some musculoskeletal balance. It's going to be some flexibility work. It's going to be some postural work. And it's going to be a holistic approach, not just a one-size-fits-all, one-modality-forever approach. And whether you're working with us or anyone else, you always want to keep that mindset. Always take a holistic approach, but be specific. Be specific and know what your objective is. It should be measurable, should be calculated, and you should know whether you're moving toward that objective or know if you're moving away from it. (laughs) Both are very important. (laughs) Both are very important. Correct course. (laughs) Well, Angelo, thank you so much for your time today. Listeners, that is all for this week. You can find all of the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you get podcasts, or you can go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review. That lets other people know what they can expect. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I'm Coach Crystal, and I'll be back next week. Remember, until then, consistency is key. 